Hey everyone, welcome to Neighbor Science, the only podcast about political economy and anime. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Farm Eleven, the multinational pharmaceutical company with the biggest heart-shaped icon in their logo. So you know they care. Uh, today we have uh, we have our our old host Peter. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to me. I I I'm back. I'm back. It's 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 a one deal thing. Ryan is paying me a lot of money to fill in for Chris, and um, yeah, we got that, I think we got that farmer money now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got that farmer money now. Um, <laughs> you're paying over the fee to me, and then you and Chris can go back to your poverty-stricken ways. Well, I'm I, I'm I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm not I'm not impoverished yet. Um, but uh, hey, Peter, I, I was just wondering uh, what. What are you taking for your mild to moderate cardiac acidosis? Uh, uh, huh? I've been managing my mild to moderate cardiac acidosis with Duprexent. Are there any known side effects? Like, can I take it while operating heavy machinery? The FDA recommends that you only operate heavy machinery on Duprexent, as failure to do so can lead to a rare condition called hyperplasial asynphasis, which can be fatal if left untreated. Side effects of Duprexin include cardiac depression, renal anxiety, intestinal narcissism, stomach pain, diarrhea, constipation, loss of vision, ringing in the ears, depression, death, and in rare cases, an as yet unnamed state between life and death. Let your doctor know immediately if you have suicidal thoughts or visions of a hellish nightmare reality full of ancient evils, as this may be a sign that you're being spirited away by hostile interdimensional beings. Duprexin is banned in the state of California and should not be used by expectant mothers or anyone over the age of 35. Wow, sounds great to me. How do I get Duprexent? Just talk to your doctor about switching to Duprexent. Stop taking Duprexent if you notice your skin stops adhering to your bones, as this may be a sign of serious complications. My doctor says my skin is above average at adhering to my human bones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of fun doing that voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've always wanted, like, how the fuck do these guys like read this stuff so fast? And like, first of all, I think they speed it up a little bit, but also it's pretty easy once you get going to read really fast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you did that really well. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really proud of you. So what are we talking about today, Peter? <laughs> what I decided on was looking at, um, something that, uh, I saw a tweet about, about, uh, months two months ago that had been doing the rounds for a while and it was all about um, money laundering by rich douchebags in new york uh real estate and mm -hmm. yeah so i i started to just you know just like look around um the rest of your mind palace uh, and in there i found uh, a lot of different articles that um s that people started looking into the topic extensively after the housing bubble in 2007 which makes sense um obviously at that point someone would have started asking questions about real estate scams and uh yeah so i found a lot i found a lot and not going to go through all of it today um um, as far back as 2007, drug hotels have understood that vacant apartments in Panama uh, were a great way to launder their money. Um, the scam is relatively simple. 
during the construction phase for the skyscrapers, money is pumped to shell companies. Those shell companies then tender for various aspects of the construction are, process. Are they uh, are they like crab shells or like like seashells? The uh, uh, shell companies are almost always crab shaped, but they're okay. actually seashells. <laughs> so okay. they're crab shaped seashells. That's it. That's okay. it. <laughs> you, you've got it. Like it didn't even take long. This for makes you sense. To Let's not that. question it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, those shell companies tender for the, uh, uh, the, the various aspects of the construction process, and after a few kickbacks, the tenders go to the shell companies, who then go on to overstate construction costs, and that, uh, that difference is how the money laundering process starts. Then, various delays uh, that will, will um, be thought up as things go along, like, uh, uh, gee, there are potholes, so our truck broke down, and so therefore there are delays. Um, uh, let's let's put this on pause for a second. Uh, I just realized that, uh, like, pistachios can also have shells. That is a good is point. Is that something? That is a good point, but I think that might be used in a different sector. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, clearly Ryan is on. Um, I'm just trying to put delays in the construction process so we can launder this money that we got from the drug company. Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been doing this thing lately and my wife hates it, but um, my work colleagues love it. Where um, <laughs> That's always a good sign. We'll be, yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever I'm sitting around the office and people are like talking too loudly or... or, or um, and I'm trying to focus on some work or whatever, and, and I'm trying to get on to things, and people are just making a noise around me. I, I literally stop and, and like slam my desk and I go, Um, gah. you people are too loud. And at first, no one understood. And then after I explained to one person, um, the next time it happened, then they explained it to the other person. And now everyone walks around the office the whole time going, Um, gah. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife still hates it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Getting back to the pistachio shell companies. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, the, the construction process is uh, delayed so that the whole laundering process can be kept going for as long as possible. Then, once uh, uh, the, the apartments are completed, um, they can then be sold to the owners of the shell companies where they are then peanuts. used peanuts yeah. can also have shells yeah but those are soft shells you know what i mean very thin wafer i don't know what kind of they're... peanuts you're eating man they're pretty crunchy to me no no but like they're not like macadamia shells those are shells buddy My we have goodness. a we have a pastime in america uh it's called baseball and it's where you go to this big building uh that has no ceiling to it and uh, you buy peanuts for four times what they cost. And then you throw the shells on the ground and then you walk all over them. And uh, they make a very satisfying crunch sound, sort of like you're walking on the snow. Um, so I, I think I know a little bit more about peanut shells than you. No offense. Okay, look, maybe you do. But the simple fact that you do such a stupid thing as a country um, should disqualify you from being allowed to talk about it because whatever man 
our teams in game five, and that uh, probably means something. You have teams of people crunching peanut shells? Yeah, dude. It's like thousands of people. The sport sounds weird. Plus, we beat uh, uh, Colorado. Whatever the Astros are from, we beat them in, in the peanut uh, eating game. Wow. No one yeah. can beat Virginia eating peanuts, honestly. Uh, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> no, no. Well, look, um, I've I've seen I've seen teams of monkeys go through peanuts quite extensively, and I'm not sure that any. That's um, what Virginia is. It's a big team of monkeys eating peanuts. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, see, you didn't make that clear. Oh, I thought it was quite clear yeah yeah, yeah you see <laughs> I, I'm, I'm i'm not gonna continue to engage with your your um peanut gallery talk um because clearly you are not going to be forthright about how your things work oh it's the houston astros no wonder they lost i think probably oh, because uh they're not even stoned like the colorado team so they can't eat nearly exactly. as many peanuts Exactly. Maybe if they were from Austin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or Dallas. They they have a lot of big fat guys there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> God, I can't even keep a straight face. <sighs> okay. So um, once the apartments are complete, they can be sold to the owners uh, of the shell companies where they then get used as meetings um meeting spaces for the drug cartels meanwhile in between the meetings the apartments are rented out at exorbitant prices and uh sometimes as a means of price uh, uh, this is done as a means of price gouging and at other times um it's done as a means to launder money in the excess fee since the tenants are none other than the people working for the shell companies so all in all it's nice like you're deal, but... like a job in bahrain where you get a free apartment but it's uh used for drug deals too Oh, oh, dude, you don't even know. You don't even know. Like, like, I, I, I take, I take like Levermere and I take like Nova Rapid and I, uh, like, Duprexin. I, well, I'm, I'm getting into Duprexin now. Good shit, man. Good they did shit. send us samples. That was pretty nice of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens to the flesh on my bones. Um, I didn't even realize I had cardiac acidosis, but I know that I do now, and I'm glad that I'm taking a medicine for it. Well, I have, I have severe intestinal narcissism um, <laughs> already, so I figured this wasn't going to be a problem. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, so like the drug cartels, we know they've been doing this uh, 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 for longer than obviously 2007, but you know. Um, why should we stop our little uh, investigation here? Uh, laundering isn't a practice that's exclusive to drug cartels, despite what shows like Ozark may have us believe. Um, according to a website called Property Shark, uh, and they're actually a real estate data company, not just a website. Um, 
Between 2008 and 2014, 30% of purchasers for Manhattan large-scale apartment buildings had listed overseas addresses or were purchased by multinational corporations. Um, and foreign direct investment in U.S. real um, in U.S. real estate uh, nationally amounted to 50 billion in 2012. Um, that's according to the Congress. Uh, that's according to the Congressional Research Service. Now, before the laundering itself can begin, the wealthy need to ensure that they get the best deal possible. In London, back in 2013, popular protests about housing prices and real estate tax cuts for the rich led to new taxes and increased taxes being introduced. So, in New York, by contrast, buyers of new construction often qualify for tax abatement. At a building like 157, uh, which in 2014 was the city's most expensive new address, uh, the tax break amounted to 94%. We'll be That's... talking more about 157 next week. Yes. There's a lot. 157 is a fucking interesting building for, <laughs> for all sorts of reasons. Now, um, the lowering process typically happens in stages. Uh, first, illegal cash enters the world financial system somewhere and is funneled into a maze of accounts and shell companies, mostly crab-shaped, sometimes uh, pistachio, sometimes peanut. Um, a process which uh, by, by investigators is called layering. Finally, at the other end, funds are integrated into a seemingly respect uh, uh, respectable investment, like a luxury condo. Um, it enters the financial system in ways that generally leave no paper trail, allowing owners of the property to keep hiding ownership by switching the ownership of the shell companies rather than by shifting title fees. Are you following me so far? Uh, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ryan's got me on mute and is just sitting back like keeping up a storm or something. No, I was trying to read ahead a little bit. I am vaping, but... Yeah, yeah, I can hear you vaping. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, all of this sounds a little bit technical, a little bit vague, a little bit everything. But back in 2015, an international team led by Shima Baradan, uh, who is a law professor at the University of Utah, published a, a ridiculously clever study of the mechanics of corporate um, structuring for shell companies. What I think I need to correct the pronunciation to American. Uh, here it would be pronounced Shima Baradaran. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I apologize. Shima, Shima Baradaran. 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 Gotcha. Yeah, there you go. You got to uh, okay. get the tones so, right. Yeah, yeah. Baradaran. I got it. I got it now. Um, okay. So they their study was... Um, I'm not, like, I'm not even sure I would have been able to come up with something this clever. What they did was they sent emails to more than 7,000 firms around the world that offer incorporation services. Um, and, and I mean, they posed as a variety of characters like a politically connected Uzbek um, or a Lebanese representative of an Islamic charity. And uh, what they did was they purposely now, made... Now, for those of us who are uh, stupid... Uh, why is an Uzbek shady? No, 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 no. An Uzbek specifically isn't shady, but politically can. 
connected Uzbek might be seen as shady. Okay. And, okay. and a Lebanese representative of an Islamic charity, that's weird because Lebanese people are usually Catholic, right? Um, actually, Lebanon's like quite a healthy mix. Oh, okay. There's, All yeah, of my there's... Lebanese friends are a Maronite. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sorry about that. It, it, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? It's okay. There's, there's, there's always new atheism. Um, so what these people did is they purposefully made um, all their emails sound as shady as possible. And the results of, of everything have, have been a little bit astounding. It turned out that offshore locales like the Caymans were the most stringent about complying with international anti-money uh, laundering standards. And it was easier to set up an untraceable shell company in the U.S. than in any other country other than Kenya. Was which, it Delaware? Like, probably. <laughs> Joe Biden strikes again. Woohoo! Okay, so most surprisingly, Brett Darren found that the suggestion of foreign corruption actually increased the likelihood that a provider would agree to do business. Let that sink in for a second. The more shady you are, the more you suggest that uh, that that corruption is is likely to be the source of business, the more likely you are to get your shell company set up by these international incorporation services companies. So the lesson here, uh, for all our anarchists listening, is uh, if you uh, rob a bank. Or, you know, hack some server and you get a bunch of money. Best way to launder it is to pretend to be from outside of the country and getting the money from, I don't know, the U.S. military spending money on uh, bribing local officials or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. Like, So just put on your thickest, nastiest, worst accent and... Uh, <laughs> Call up a bank or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, put it on. Excuse me. Excuse me. I have, I have money, money from uh, selling uh, paper Please. towels. <laughs> These paper towels are, uh, they are usually between uh, 12 and 16 years old. Something has just clicked with me. Uh-huh. All those goddamn emails I've received from wealthy Nigerian princes. <laughs> they were just real guys wanting to do business with you. <laughs> oh my god, I should have totally just offered to incorporate their... Con uh, their, their this is why their we're not rich, because we don't respond to those emails. Oh god. Okay, <laughs> so, listen for today. Respond <laughs> to all that seemingly spammy email. Always let the guy, uh, always wire the money to the guy so that he'll wire the money back to you. It exactly. will always work. It will, it will work every time. <laughs> okay, now, U.S. real estate um, especially has certain advantages over small tax havens like uh, places like Bermuda or the Seychelles or the Cayman Islands because they, these places are tiny. And would be defenseless if they ever came under UN sanctions or even serious pressure from a major world power. 
New York real estate, um, in addition to being a handy wealth storage mechanism that provides a place to land anytime you feel like visiting New York um, City, is also free from such kind, like from threats like that. You get um, the personal protection of uh, big fat Italian guys. Exactly. You, you've got like Rudy Giuliani. Got... <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Um, hey, just just try and take this fucking apartment. <laughs> try it. Try it. I, I dare you. I double dare you. Come on, open the door. Open the door. <laughs> that, that, that's as far as I can go with my New Yorker uh, <laughs> mobster accent. It's, it's terrible, and I and I don't want to do it anymore. You want to go um, through the? You want to get into this building? You're gonna have to go through Tommy Bag of Donuts here. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best gangster name ever. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Tommy Bag of Donuts. I love it. <laughs> Okay, so what all of this does is it drives up prices for actual New Yorkers who are looking to buy. But it also drives up rents by keeping many perfectly good apartments empty. And uh, many foreign invest uh, investor properties are rented out, but many are also not. Um, there's an article in the New Yorker, uh, I think it was the New Yorker or the New York Times, uh, that said, the Census Bureau estimates that 30% of all apartments in the quadrant from 49th to 70th streets between Fifth Park, between Fifth Avenue and Park Avenue are vacant at least 10 months a year. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Diane and I went to visit New York City last year, and uh, we went to, and I'll probably repeat this exact story next week, but... Uh, we went to the top of uh, Rockefeller Center um, to like the whatever the balcony thing on the outside is. And uh, you can see 432 Park and Avenue, which is currently the tallest residential building in the world. Uh, it's very close to the Rockefeller Center. And that place is fucking empty. There's not a single soul in that fucking building. Except the doorman. Fully furnished. Gotta- but not one person living in there. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. So a lot of the foreign investors and associated shell companies are obviously laundering money um, in New York. And uh, uh, an example, for instance, is the laundering scheme of Paul Manafort, uh, uh, President Trump's uh, former campaign chairman who was recently indicted. Uh, in which it was alleged that he falsified business records to obtain millions of dollars in mortgage loans. And um, most of this involved New York real estate. Shortly after that, activists leaked a report describing elite American attorneys, um, including a recent uh, president of the America Bar Association, giving advice about how to move shady cash into the country. And one of the prime methods was buying New York real estate. So yeah, if you wanna you wanna launder your money, New York is is the best. Buy an place apartment to do it. in 432 Park Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're there. Trust us on yeah. this one. Right, <laughs> Ryan has seen him with his own four eyes. The penthouse um, did recently sell, I think, or maybe I'm thinking of a different building. I don't know. 
they sell for like 90 million dollars yeah that sounds about right so and it's also um, like uh yeah all the uh all the bathtubs in here are made from the bones of orphans you know that were uh buried in the foundation of this building <laughs> if they were buried then how did they get the bones for the bathtub i didn't ask questions uh yeah no it's it's better that way better <laughs> okay. um so the U.S. Tre uh, Treasury Department said back in 2016 that it would be investigating high cash deals in an effort to curb this type of laundering. But since they are essentially part of the problem, I don't think anybody should hold their breath for any of this um, affecting the, the Treasury's actual outcomes or any of the capitalists that are doing any of the shit. Yeah, sort of like uh, the police investigating themselves when a shooting happens. Yeah, and I love... I love. Um, we looked into the money laundering and found that uh, actually it's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There were there were one or two poor people that were doing it, but uh, you know we arrested them. It's fine. It's done now. There's no more money laundering anywhere. I mean, for like <clears throat> for this kind of transaction, I don't really know. Like, I can't see, like, a rational reason for the government to care. Like, ostensibly, a lot of its money laundering stuff is to prevent terrorism. Uh, so that, you know, financing of terrorists can't happen. Obviously, that's, you know, a, a laugh because we are best friends with the biggest financier of terrorism in the world. And regularly give them soft kisses on the belly. Uh so I don't know, like, uh, why that? Why do they even bother investigating money laundering? It, just, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they, they won't, and it doesn't make sense for for anyone to expect them to. Um, why would uh, a bureaucratic? Um, Maybe they're trying to justify having resources for their department. So if you know, communists finally get, get money and start laundering it, then, then they'll have the department ready to go to go after them. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But uh, at this stage, I'm like, why would, the, why would a bureaucratic arm of capitalism investigate what, what the, the financing um, arm of capitalism is, is doing? It doesn't make any sense. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if anyone has a ha, has speculation on that, uh, go ahead and send us a DM to the neighbor science yeah. account. Yeah, I'd love to 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 hear our our listeners' take on this. Yeah, uh, because let's face it, oligarchs need to launder a lot of uh, money, most of which is oil money, and um, so they plow the money into offshore real estate investment trusts. Uh, by the way, that's an actual thing, a real estate investment trust. Um, that then, the, the, the REIT or the REIT, I'm going to call it a REIT. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I'm not allowed to say things in a German accent. <laughs> I'm no, really, I'm already Afrikaans and it sends the wrong message. I'm too good at it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to call it a REIT. And... Uh, the REIT then 
um, will clean up things by outbidding any actual real estate investors or would-be homeowners by bidding things up and snapping up um, all the properties in desirable cities and then realizing the rental income flows as legit as like legitimate clean money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So earlier I, I was talking about how drug hotels in, Pan in Panama have been doing things like this since as early as 2007. But the racket's been going on a lot longer than the amateurs over at the drug cartels have been at it. The real professionals have been doing this all since the 1960s, which is when President Eisenhower signed public law A6-779. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my favorite one of the 86-77s. Yeah. 86-779, uh, which was also known as the Cigar Excise Tax Extension of 1960. I will say um, 86773 also a banger. It was good. It yeah. was good. I had I had many a good laugh over that one. They just don't make laws like that anymore, you know. They really it's all this don't. like urban hip hop style law. Yeah, it, and and honestly, when your when your laws start to read like slam poetry, you're not doing it right anymore. Yeah. I I like I like laws that talk about like uh, you know, loving a loving a girl that's 12 years old instead of like flashing your bling bling and, and having grills and low riders just not classy anymore you know yeah no where have all the good laws gone you know where have all the good laws gone God damn it. I mean, I had that song stuck in my head for another month. <laughs> I, I literally had that song stuck in my head for a month. <laughs> and I told, okay. I told well, someone about it. And then next time uh, Diane talked to her, she was like, yeah, so uh, I have where have all the cowboy songs <laughs> gone stuck in my head. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure to find a way to get it out of your head before the end of the episode and then hit you with it again right before we I think it's uh, I think the way to get out of my head is shooting me with a bullet <laughs> which at this stage honestly it's the most main thing we could do but you know what it's going to be hard to do cuz you know there's no cowboys anymore and that's who has all the bullets oh. and where have they gone dude exactly where have they gone well, taking their guns and gone home i guess oh well okay now <laughs> <laughs> oh god I, I i genuinely it's been so long i forgot how good it is to go completely off the rails with you <laughs> i like to remind everyone that's listening that uh i'm also a big dumbass <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i don't really believe you until you uh, 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 tell me stuff like you did before the show about um <laughs> Injuring gaming until wrist. I get a wrist injury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. I laughed. I'm still laughing. Just you know internal. what though? Uh, I'm getting really good at uh, driving race cars. So yeah, you ever you, need a getaway you, driver? Look me up. Well, I might just mess in the NASCAR team. Also, you'll uh, need you'll need to get me a car that has a turbo on it or I a high RPM NA engine. Yeah, I don't know what any of that means. I drive, I drive a scooter, and um, <laughs> it's more of a moped. 
That um, thing supercharged? Uh, well, I did go too slow on the freeway once, and the cops pulled me over, and they supercharged me with, with fines. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, uh, since the 1960s, uh, REITs have become a staple for wealthy people in over 30 countries. As of December 2017, a comprehensive index for the REIT and global listed property market included 477 stock exchange listed real estate companies from 35 countries, representing an equity market capitalization of about $2 trillion, with approximately 78% of that total coming from REITs. Dang. Dang is right, brother. That's a lot of dough uh, being laundered. Now, this doesn't mean that absolutely every real estate investment trust is specifically created to launder money for wealthy douchebags exploiting large-scale real estate projects worth multi-million dollar annual revenues in their balance sheets, but it also doesn't mean that they're not specifically created to do exactly that. <laughs> they're not all specifically for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they are. I mean, I can't. I can't think of any like rich person that isn't involved in money laundering crimes. Yeah, I can't think of any. In fact, like I mean, this the supposedly squeaky clean billionaire is like Bill Gates, but he's doing like a bunch of shit in Africa. There's no fucking way he's not laundering money. <laughs> Man, like, I'm sorry, but you don't get to a billion dollars without laundering. It, yeah. It, it, like, it, that's like billionaire 101. Unless you're Jeff Bezos' wife and then you just uh, get billions of dollars by divorcing someone. Well, there is that. There is that. Which, honestly, I you know, I think she's woke for doing that. Well... <laughs> 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 I'm not I, I, like yes, but so not woke to marry him in the first place. <laughs> like, like, yeah. So you woke up to the 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 stupid shit you were you had gotten yourself into. But yeah. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Um. That's basically what I wanted to cover on on um, real estate investment uh, fraud and laundering. Um, I will, on my Twitter, uh, post a bunch of links to all these articles. Um, I won't do it on the Neighbor Science um, channel, but if Neighbor Science wants to retweet me, they can do that. Um, sure. Uh, so, in order to uh, actually build all of these giant buildings that they're investing in, you need a lot of concrete. And one of the main ingredients of concrete is actually sand. And, and Duprexant. Uh, <laughs> just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. God damn it, I'm trying to segue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the, yeah, our next, our next topic today is actually something that's very close to home for me. Um, where my home in South Africa is, is a rural village. Um, it's what we call a lally 
in the Eastern Cape of South Africa, um, in an area that used to be known as the breadbasket of South Africa because most of our farming used to happen there um, during the apartheid era. And um, now uh, all the money and all, like, when 1994 came around and all of the the whites that were petrified of, of retaliation for decades of oppression decided to um, move to Australia uh, and, and the UK. Um, they abandoned all these farms to... They just really wanted to be somewhere with concentration camps, I guess, huh? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So, so what they did was they left all of these um, farms vacant in the hands of people who had uh, no education um, and basically no idea how to uh, adjust to the systems that were running the show. And so what you got in that area is extreme poverty. It's uh, a very very poor infrastructure now um and a lot of desperate people that i'm i'm just guessing are, it was probably like kind of marginal farmland because they were doing intensive agriculture there using a bunch of fertilizers and then they you know don't have the fertilizers anymore no That's well about right I, i'm no look if you go look at the eastern region now you take a drive through the area and it is lush it okay. is verdant. The growth is everywhere. Um, this is, uh, uh, you've got to remember that um, because South Africa was on international sanctions lists, companies like uh, Monsanto and um, Bayer and, and all of these big um, fertilizer companies weren't legally allowed to do business with any of the the big farms in south africa so a lot of it was very organic farming and mm, okay um i mean the the afrikaans community in south africa has a very long tradition of farming uh, uh, literally called the bura people and bura is is afrikaans a farmer um so uh, also Spanish the, for female donkey. Uh, correct, correct. Um, <laughs> we we Afrikaans people are very, very donkeyish in our in our ways, but only in the ways of the female donkey. I wake up every morning. This is how I clear my throat. So. <laughs> Okay, so to make a very long story short, you've got this very um, rich area when it comes to uh, biodiversity and fertile soil and everything that the local people really have very little idea of how to utilize it um, for farm purposes, for economic agriculture for, for anything like that. A lot of the farming that does still happen in the area is subsistence and people will make just enough um, for themselves or to go uh, uh, sell 
um, at very small scale in small local markets. Um, and because of the extreme poverty that is still rife in the area, we start looking into the, uh, the illegal mining of the sand dunes all along the coastal area um, of the Eastern Cape and uh, all of South Africa, but um, obviously my experience is specifically with the Eastern Cape area where I was. It's an area called the Gai. And um, literally the hill that my home sits on, um, if you walk to the top of the hill and you go just over the rise, they have mined the, the dune there down almost to the base. Um, so like when I say the base, I'm talking about maybe 150 meter height by, mm, I'd, I'd call it about seven or 800 meter um, diameter. Damn. And this has all been um, illegally mined and carted away for constructing uh, one of the 10,000 churches that have been built in the area, uh, various rich people properties, the chalets, the backpackers' lodges, the resorts that have gone up in the area. And there are extreme repercussions to denuding um, these, these dunes. By, by taking away the soil, what's happened is that these dunes act as a kind of barrier for the salt air from the ocean that goes into some of the, the, the forested areas. The, but with these winds now driving into the forests, the forests are dying. Dying forests are pushing wildlife further and further um, towards the more densely populated uh, peri-urban settlements. Um, peri-urban, obviously, uh, it's like a favela, like a ghetto, like a slum. Um, and as these forests are dying, the biodiversity is disappearing. The, the forests, which have for hundreds of years uh, been a source of um, food and firewood and uh, construction materials for the traditional rondavel homes that are built by the Kosa people um, are all being destroyed. And while anyone can look at me and say, ah, look, well, this is one, one small scale example of this happening in one place. I need to talk about this next subject because it's not just this one place. It's happening everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to consider the fact that our civilization is literally built on sand. People have been using it for um, construction since at least the time of the ancient Egyptians and the ancient Chinese cultures. And in the 15th century, an Italian artisan figured out how to turn sand into trans uh, transparent glass. So it's used by the ancient Egyptians and ancient Chinese and then uh, uh, like 
4,000 years later, Europeans finally figured out, oh, we can use sand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, Great job, can... guys. <laughs> I can slow, slow, <laughs> very slow. Um, there's, there's, right around uh, the same there's... time, they figured out what sugar is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I can now look at you through my monocle while sipping my sweetened tea. <laughs> um yeah so they figured out how to make uh transparent glass from sand which made possible the microscopes telescopes and other technologies that helped drive the european renaissance um and the scientific revolution that went with that it also made windows affordable which i'm actually disputing because the latest version of windows is, is still fucking expensive wow he's not even gonna rise to that one Nice. <laughs> Sorry, I got a message right at the same time. Ah, okay. So, sand of various kinds is um, an essential ingredient in detergents, cosmetics, toothpaste, solar panels, silicon chips, and especially, obviously, buildings. Every concrete structure is basically tons of sand and gravel glued together with cement. So basically what we're saying is if you want to stop this, you have to stop brushing your teeth. Yeah. That's the real source of the problem. Yeah, it's it's toothpaste and eyeliner. Yeah, we would have plenty of sand left for all the beaches around the world if it weren't for you guys brushing your teeth all the time. Exactly. Fucking consumers, man. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I, I, you know how many toothbrushes I've had to knock out of people's hands over the years? It's these damn millennials, you know. First, yeah. first they kill the, the homeownership industry. Uh, and then uh, they start eating, like, avocados instead of breakfast cereals. And now they're causing all the beaches in the world to disappear because of their toothbrushing habit. What the fuck, man? Millennials, man. And, and next, the, the, they're going to want a toothpaste-flavored participation trophy. I, I, yeah. I'm telling you, this is coming. It's coming. And I bet it's going to be in a Tide Pod, too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> straight face. Straight face. I can do this. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, a lot of people seem to think that the supply of sand is endless. Sand, uh, 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 it's everywhere. Um, I've, I've literally had this argument with people where they go and and talk about sand like it's an infinite resource. But sand is yeah, a that's what that's resource. what Alexandra Ocasio Cortez keeps saying is you could just create infinite amounts of sand for free and nobody's got to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. The deserts are total over unity sand angels. <laughs> Now, um, the worldwide construction boom of recent years, and yes, worldwide construction boom, um, because let's face it, there's mushrooming megacities from Lagos all the way through to Beijing. Um, it's devouring unprecedented quantities of sand, and, and extracting that sand legitimately is a $70 billion industry. So that's not even counting all the illegal um, sand mining that's happening. Yeah. Now, as, as land quarries and riverbeds have become tapped out, 
Sand miners are turning to the seas where thousands of ships now vacuum up huge amounts of the stuff from the ocean floor. And as you might expect, all of this often wreaks havoc on rivers, deltas, and marine ecosystems. Um, I was speaking to a fish the other day, and he was really pissed off that uh, he'd gone out to get a bit of kelp. His wife was, was um, on his case about it for a while. And when he got back, the entire fucking neighborhood had been vacuumed up. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, now, since the mid-2000s, illegal mining has caused severe local supply shortages and the destruction of multiple beach areas and coastlines across the globe, such as the one that I described earlier. Um, many people that I, that I have spoken to and uh, from articles that I've been reading in the comments that, that follow those articles, um, people start to ask, why not just use sand from the deserts to fuel this extensive demand? Um, but desert sand, which seems to stretch across the globe forever, does not serve this purpose because of its consistency and its chemical properties. Um, it's too damn round. It's it really erosion. is. It yeah. really is. It, like, if, if you ever want to look at nature's most perfect balls, um, go, go take some desert sand and put it under a microscope. Ask me to pull my pants down. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, or, they or, call or me Mr. Too Damn desert. Round. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really hoping that you wouldn't go there when I went there, but then you went there when I went there. and now I was going to make the Mr. Too Damn Round joke anyway, but then he said nature's perfect balls, and I just couldn't jump in. <laughs> could not jump like, in, rather. I dangled that carrot, and you just leapt at it like a... Not, not dangled like, it just like... A, fem a good female my balls. monkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, um, basically, desert sand doesn't have um, a, a sufficient amount of silicon uh, dioxide. Um, it's too fine, too smooth. Uh, it contains too much clay, too many iron oxides, and too much lime. So, it can't really be used for any of the shit that we use. Uh, sand for. Um, by contrast, sand that is extracted from the bottom of oceans, beaches, rivers, gravel beds, and this all consists of minerals and metals such as titanium, thorium, silicon, and uranium, which as mentioned before, uh, uh, on, on, I'm sure we mentioned it uh, back when we were discussing nuclear uh, stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, um, all of these uh, different minerals are, are extremely valuable to capitalists that use them to create a lot of different products uh, needed for uh, the modern economy to continue to function. Um, so the most common theft practice for multinational uh, companies is to hire thieves or local residents to carve out millions of tons of coastline in nighttime raids i've mm -hmm. i've witnessed this firsthand so this is not like some um bullshit story that that some millennial is writing in an article um this is this is something i've seen i've chased people off of these dunes at night and been shot at for for the privilege um dang 
Yeah, uh, it's rough, man. It's rough. Uh, we 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 lost, like people died, trying to protect that one sand dune, just one, just one sand dune. Wow. I'm looking at pictures of it now too. You can see it on Google yeah. Maps. You can actually see where the 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 dune used to be. According to Global Construction 2025, emerging construction markets will see growth of 3 to 6% per year. And obviously that's by 2025. In total, construction in 2025 is expected to exceed the value of $15 trillion. Fuck. Mm, that hurts. Sub-Saharan Africa is predicted to be the second highest growth region. And China alone will account for 25% of global construction activity. That actually seems like an underestimate to me because uh, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but uh, a coworker of mine was telling me uh, he's he's from, uh, mainland Chinese. And uh, he was saying that their new thing that the government, the Chinese government is doing is rather than trying to renovate an existing city they'll just build a whole new city like from the ground up and then yeah everybody just moves into it and then they just like let the old one fall apart <laughs> yeah uh if you can actually do a search for chinese go uh chinese ghost cities and it's not going to take you to an anime or anything although that would be that cool. sucks and what this refers to is under-occupied um, developments in China. What China has been doing is um, building all of these cities for the expected influx of rural Chinese people into the cities. And slowly but surely, obviously, as the older cities um, uh, get run down, they've got all these ready-built uh, new cities that literally they can just send people to and, and this is this has been the strategy for going on two decades now in china so yeah chinese ghost cities google that shit that uh, it, it's fascinating to see yeah it's crazy because like they just have these huge blocks of identical looking buildings all in a row it's like yeah yeah and and I mean, like, the, it's not one or two. There's a lot. Like, there's a lot. Yeah, like, there's i I'm looking at this picture now. There's, like, these apartment towers, and there's, like, 20 of them. And then there's also some, like, squat, like, villa-looking places. And there's, like, let's see, one, two, three, four, by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. So, like... What is that? Fifty-two. Mm. Yeah, just all in a row. And it's crazy. And I'm, and uh, uh, like, you can go uh, look at uh, the cities of Pudong, of Chengong, of Ordo City, um, of Nanhui, of uh, Yujiaipu, of Yingkao. All of these are just, they're, they're, they're basically empty cities all over. Yeah, Ryan's busy showing me all the empty cities. Dude, that's small. 
compared to some of the other stuff. It's it's, it's just so regular though, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very suburban. Um, welcome to the suburb of of Ghost Town City. Um, and just to be clear, China's now hitting a slowdown in its global construction. Um, well, that's good. It, it's very <laughs> fast being overtaken by India. Um, God damn it. Yeah. India is, it's booming in India right now. Um, one of the articles that I was looking into and that I have listed on the, the notes in your mind palace um, was specifically talking about India and the, ah, there it is. It's a 27, uh, uh, 2017 article. That's an Ordos. No. Ah, Ryan's busy showing me another image. Yeah, it looks cool, but how long before that will be a strip of holding ends up being infinite? Huh? Huh? Do you even know? <laughs> it already is. God damn it, it really is fascinating. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, one of the articles that I've listed um, literally starts off with... Uh, the headline, the sand mafia fueling India's $120 billion building boom. Um, now, this was uh, published on ABC News. I don't know if that's ABC America or ABC Australia. Australia. Yeah, .au. Um, and it, it, it tells the story of some of the people that have lived through um, some of the stuff that's busy happening where they talk about like the people that are mining the, uh, the sand are permanently drunk so that they can um, not, not get depressed and kill themselves over what they're busy doing and how shitty their lives are because this is what they're having to do in order to survive. Um, and yeah, uh, the, the Indian market is growing and growing fast. Mm. Um, but it's not just the Indian market, it's the global market. Like we said earlier, uh, by 2025, you're looking at $15 trillion. Um, and the most important sectoral um, indices, uh, which is the, the stock 600 banks and the stock 600 construction and materials, report an increase of up to 70% or more. Um, and if I remember that article correctly, that was over the last five years. Um, that's 70% increase in five years. That's what you call a boom. Um, and this largely accounts for uh, a business performance for companies like uh, the Berkeley Group from the UK, uh, Billfinger and Berger from Germany, um, the China Communications Constructions Company, Latin in Australia, Skanska, in Sweden um, and Singapore Technologies Engineering in Singapore. Um, oh, I was and, about to say, where is that from? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a lot of people get confused and think that's um, from Malaysian. Like, well, I was going to say um, Argentina. But oh, okay. <laughs> clearly, clearly, you know more than I do. Um, so this is a global issue that is easy to overlook because it's difficult to di uh, directly tie to these big multinational corporations. 
because yeah. what they're doing is they're building um, these cities on the backs and livelihoods of poor rural people who have no protection, um, are exploited to the extreme. And yeah, they're doing horrible things to the environment, but they're not doing it for their own benefit. They're doing it for survival purposes. And yeah, the guys that are actually um, winning in all of this are the, the big multinational construction companies who in turn go on to set up REITs and run money laundering schemes for big oil conglomerates and, 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 and so that's human how, traffickers um, and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 not even for a moment do I doubt that. So yeah. yeah, sand and money laundering and how they are tied together. That was my contribution today. But I do know you wanted to talk about other illegal mining. Yeah, I just, uh, I kind of forgot to work on the notes <laughs> yesterday. So I did it this morning while I was like falling asleep, <laughs> falling back asleep. Uh, but that's the I've, best. I've read kind. about this before, so um, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It is the best kind of research to do. This when you're it really <laughs> is. It really like, is. Literally in between waking and sleep. Um, so yeah, there's there's actually illegal mining is actually like a very common practice throughout the world. This this article that I have here that I'll come back to in a second uh, estimates that ninety percent of mining labor in the world is at what they call artisanal mines, but it's it's illegal mines. Um, so I think the most famous example that people might have heard of is uh, illegal tin mining, uh, which uh, takes place in Indonesia and maybe other places in Southeast Asia. But uh, all the things that I've seen about it are uh, around Sumatra in Indonesia. And... Uh, it's they basically like dig out a big giant mud hole and uh like dredge water down into it and it i guess pushes up tin somehow and they wash it off and collect it and uh it's extremely dangerous it uses a lot of child labor uh or like you know slaves like people who are like blackbirded into going to these like artificial islands to dredge up the riverbed or whatever. Um, and it, it was kind of a scandal in 2012, 2014, because of course uh, the major use of tin is in ITO India, Indium tin oxide, which is the coating that makes the glass on your phone, a touchscreen. Um, so obviously Apple was found <laughs> to have been using uh, slavery in its supply chains. And uh, they, of course, said, uh, oh, oh, we didn't know. <laughs> well, we'll fix that right away. And uh, went with something else. But, um, yeah, that was... Uh, For the record, what happened after that is that California passed some new uh, supply chain... Supply transparency. chain transparency laws. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I, I can't, I can't say this definitively. Um, I haven't looked into the subject in about two years, 
But when I last looked at it, which was about two years ago, um, the only um, mineral in the supply chain for Apple that had been uh, submitted uh, uh, in accordance with the transparency laws was cadmium. Oh, <laughs> that might have changed and, and because like, I was I was just reading that um, the U.S. has its own neodymium mine now, so neodymium might be added to that list at this point. Yeah, not so sure about the gold because at the time yeah. the gold being used in the iPhone and iPad and iMac and all the art products was no one could definitively say where the gold originated and initial investigations had been saying that they most likely originated in the Ivory Coast and most probably were coming from child labor camps that were set up for all of that. So, yeah. Like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if Apple would actually clean up their supply chain or whether they would just um, find ways to obfuscate it in ways that circumvented the law. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely never heard of, like, uh, a good gold mine. <laughs> They're usually really bad. The last thing I remember reading about gold mines was uh, somewhere in, I think it was Peru. These, like, mountain villagers uh, got displaced because uh, some multinational corporation opened a gold mine without really their permission at all. And... Uh, the like the mine runoff was like poisoning their water and they were i think they were trying to sue the country i can't remember it's been a while but gold mines not good gold sucks basically yeah yeah gold does suck if we get if we use it in the future it should just all come from uh landfills I yeah think. and there's more there's more gold in landfills like i i met a jordanian guy who had just finished working for two guys in Israel, two brothers in Israel, who had um, bought a, a waste treatment facility on the edge of um, one of the old markets in in one of the big cities in Israel. I'm not sure which one. And, so Palestine. <laughs> yeah, probably. So what they what they were doing is um, they had set up the waste treatment facility, basically sewage um, treatment, um, in such a way that they would sift through megatons of shit for the gold dust that was coming from all the jeweler shops in the market. Because on oh, a wow. daily basis, these, these jewelry shops get dusted down and uh, they get washed down and all of that ends up in the pipeline. And that's literally, that's all these guys wanted was the gold dust. And that gold dust, once they, uh, they have some sort of patent uh, that uh, uh, for how they 
the uh, process all the waste in order to get the gold dust out. And then once they've got the gold dust out, enough of it, they smelt it down and then they sell the gold back to the jewelers. And between the waste treatment and all the gold dust collection, these guys are fucking loaded. So if you can make a penny out of sorting through people's shit for your gold, I'm guessing landfills have a have a touch more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see. The other thing that I have here is just uh, some examples of how deadly mines are, uh, especially illegal mines. Uh, so speaking of gold, uh, a gold mine collapsed in Congo, uh, I think this month, uh, killing 17 people. Uh, there were dozens of workers there at the time, including children and pregnant women. Um, back in September, another landslide in Chad killed 30 mine workers. In July, 19 miners in Malaysia were killed in a landslide. And in June, uh, 43 mine workers were killed in a structural collapse. And this was a, an illegal mine run by a subsidiary of Glencore, which is a Brit British-Swiss multinational mining company um and i pulled all those just from one article yeah. uh yeah um it's, it, look it's a problem um yeah the the obviously uh, an illegal mine doesn't have to comply to any government safety standards but i mean as a south african we're mining one of our our biggest sectors um there, there's. I, I don't remember ever going through a single year where there wasn't some sort of big mining mining accident. Um, if you go to Johannesburg now, there are no fault lines in South Africa. Uh, technically speaking, we shouldn't experience earthquakes. You go to Johannesburg though, and because of all the mining that has happened there, uh, the residential areas are constantly experiencing minor tremors. Um, because huh. the ground is unstable and collapsing all over the place and shifting and, and everything because of uh, 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 nearly two centuries of non-stop mining throughout the, uh, the, the Johannesburg region. Um, yeah, I've, I've experienced an earthquake in Johannesburg wow. where there is no fault line. So, yeah, like mining is stupid and people should stop doing it. Yeah, really agreed it, it is stupid and oh um, my, my product can't be made if i don't have the stuff that i need uh, children to mine out of dangerous holes in the ground yeah i don't think i want fucking product okay peter but here's a different perspective uh this is from miningtechnology.com and they ask what if illegal mining is good actually uh, so it opens with uh, just that drill tweet about drunk driving, but it's about mining instead. Uh, artisanal mining is often painted as the dark side of mining, an industry riddled with smuggling, fraud, and danger. Small-scale mining does, however, produce a livelihood for millions, a fact that nonprofit PACT believes should act as a rocket for improvement rather than demonization. I, I, I'm sick and tired of listening to people rationalize exploitation like yeah. this. Do you know what I mean? Like, really grow the fuck up. 
Grow the fuck up. No artisanal mining is not a fucking good thing. It does not drive industry safety. It does not uh, uh, encourage anyone to do better practices. If they wanted to fucking do good practices, that's what they would do. They had this statistic in here that like makes me wonder how can you po- how can you possibly cite this statistic and think that like oh it's good that these people are employed doing this. They say uh, illegal mining accounts for ninety percent of all mining labor in the world. And between 10 to 15% of all global production. How, how would that be possible unless you were paying the people like slave wages? <laughs> okay, so apparently anarcho-capitalists are now allowed to write articles for... Um... Yeah, who let these guys in? Jesus Christ. Like, really, come on. Come on, mining-technology.com. Do some fucking due diligence and stop hiring people from myzies.com. I got to look into this nonprofit too because they say PACT has 5,000 members of staff. (laughs) That's enormous. (laughs) That's like bigger than a lot of tech companies. I work for an extremely busy hotel resort and we have, um, in, in the high season, we have 200 people working for us. Okay. So Twitter has 3,800 employees. (laughs) So this nonprofit that's writing articles about how illegal mining is good has 1200 more employees than Twitter. I'm thinking they might be uh, a bunch of little nonsensers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this uh, this might be something to look into further. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's, have it's rated two and a half stars on Glassdoor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh fuck! Oh god, the things we uncover while looking through um, horrible capitalist practices online. Yeah. Well, okay. I th- I don't have anything else. Do you? Um, I'm gonna say one last thing. Okay. Um, illegal mining in Brazil's rainforests uh, have become a fucking horrible ep- epidemic that has resulted in um, that plus the farming and Bolsonaro's fucking deregulation bullshit has led to the rainforest fires that have uh, been worse this year than they have in decades. Um, and yeah, illegal mining has a large part to play in that as well. So yeah, add that in. Uh, yeah, and then I'm done. Then I'm done. I don't want to be angry anymore. So I, I guess our conclusion is, even though uh, even though it's a crime, uh, illegal mining is actually bad. Um, it's not the normal kind of crime that's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, we should uh, we should just end slavery <laughs> for real this time. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm never gonna forget the article. When, when the first time that I had the discussion about slavery with someone, and, and obviously, obviously, I was opposed to slavery. And they were like, dude, you're, you're opposed. Wow, that's a hot to, take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, 
and they were like, dude, you're, you're opposed to a form of slavery that hasn't existed in 200 years. And there was something in the conversation that just made me go, you know what? I wonder if this, and I typed in modern slavery and I mean, I, I was still, I, I was still but a child. Oh, when okay. I researched this. And, and, and I found that article that um, illustrated how and, and why there are more slaves in existence today than at any other time in human history. Oh, but Peter, uh, the rate of slavery has gone down, so we're actually doing a great job. My name is Steven Pinker, professor at Harvard. Ah, Mr. Pinker. Um, I was wondering... Uh, no, I was not on the plane. Please stop asking me. I was only friends with Epstein because he's a smart guy who gives a lot of money to this school, okay? Okay, but I... No, what, what I really wanted to know is your thumb... Is, uh -huh. is it? Have you got a long thumb? Uh, I would say it's about average. Okay. Okay. Well, as long as it's not a short thumb, because as long as it's average to long, I would really appreciate it if you could shove it up your ass and see if you can and see if you can get your mouth to stop moving. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I, I, guys, guys, guys like Pinker just—they upset me. They upset me. Um, that when, yeah, we're um, an anti-Pinker podcast. Before, before the pedophilia stuff came out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. and it, but I mean, I've always had issues with people who go, "Yeah, but the rate is getting better, and and things generally are getting better, and and there are so many ways in which it is not. It is not not." Um, uh, uh, yeah, imagine thinking things are good. What are you, a fucking moron? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, 100%. Bill Gates, <laughs> his life is better than the billionaires who came before him. They, they really, you know, Rockefeller had to struggle um, in the mornings when, when his slaves wouldn't bring him the, uh, his, his meal on time. And, and Bill Gates has it better than that. But I don't give a fuck about the rate of change for rich people. I don't. I don't know, Peter. Back in, uh, back in the Middle Ages, you know, if you wanted to be fanned off, you had to have uh, slaves with palm fronds uh, waving them at you. But now, now we have the technology for electric fans. And so as the world heats up, you can cool off with a nice electric fan and you don't have to have uh slaveries personally that slaves personally there with you uh because they were in some other country making it before you even saw the product so things are good now uh things are great talking about yeah life is good <laughs> I, I i think i'm gonna go take some duprexant yeah uh don't forget to take duprexant uh ask your doctor um if you get any weird side effects uh go ahead and dm us and let us know what they are. Um, you know, take pictures if there's any like weird fluids leaking out of you. Uh, we're we're interested in all that stuff. Not just any fluids. They have to be weird fluids. <laughs> like, come on, people, stop sending me just random pics of fluids coming out of your body. 
It's got to be at least as nasty as diarrhea. Okay. Yeah, at least. And like, <laughs> it, 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 if it can be cooler, like uh, 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 a symbiote infused liquid that, that sort of like um, responds. Takes over your body and gives you superpowers? That would be great. That would be great. I would love to see that shit. Send me those photos. Um, yeah. Okay. So you guys can, uh, as always, you can find the podcast on where? Where is it? Neighborsciencepodcast.com on Twitter at NeighborsciPod. Uh, I'm at Handle of Rye. Uh, Peter is at BookCheekKite. Yeah. Yeah. I almost yeah, said <laughs> I almost just automatically said Chris's solidarity goth. Uh, Chris will be back uh, in probably two weeks. He's still settling into his new life in Nebraska. So, um, wow, wow, yeah. Nebraska, nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got well, a lot of well uh, wishes for him for his move. So thank you for that, listeners. That was great. Yeah, uh, I won't be back next week. Um, I'll be in India um, one week from today. So uh, going to meet the, the wife's family. Um, so, yeah, uh, Ryan, if you don't get Chris, you're doing this solo, which is... Oh, shit. Well, then. Fucking frightening thought. Or, <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> that, honest. that makes my plans for me. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, uh, and then everyone, please remember that today's episode was brought to you by Pharmalovin the multinational pharmaceutical company with the biggest heart-shaped icon in their logo. So you know they care. <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Thanks. Bye.